0: Welcome aboard the Athletics' Can't Wait Jets podcast, your non-stop shop for all things Jets with Tim McMaster, Zach Rosenblatt, and Marissa Dunn. Can't wait!
1: Welcome in to the Chris Strebler podcast. Just kidding. I mean, can't wait podcast. The Jets are 2-0, though. Yes, the preseason means nothing but take the wins when you can get them Tim mcmaster here along with zach rosenblatt and marissa dunn uh we are going to talk about the game the win over the falcons on monday night and all of chris strebler's big moments uh more importantly probably we're going to talk about the joint practices with the falcons when the first teams actually went head to head as opposed to the game on monday night we're also going to take some of your questions check in on the 53-man roster so a lot to get to a new backdrop for zach which we noticed when we got on here before we started and he he went on to inform me and marissa that he is record he this is a true you've really entered the world of podcasting oh man
0: zach because you are (laughs) recording from your parents basement (laughs) this is what they this is what they say about people who work on the internet right that they just live in their parents basements (laughs) and that's what i'm i I don't live here (laughs) i'm just here because uh (laughs) Uh, I have to take my dog to the vet and I still take her to the vet near my parents and it's, it's a whole thing, but yeah, so I'm, I, I'm in my parents' basement right now. I'm hoping they don't, they don't really understand podcasts, so I'm hoping they don't come down and interrupt it.
2: I'm hoping they do come down. <laughs> oh, Actually, yeah, that that'd would be, be great. Yeah,
0: I am not. <laughs> Um, we,
1: and we learned one more thing about you, which is that you have a dog, which is cool because Uh, this is a very dog friendly, uh, podcast. So tell us about the dog name and everything's good with the vet, right? Just to check. Yeah.
0: Everything's good. Just update on her vaccines. Her name is Maggie. All right. Uh, she's my buddy. She is scared of going down into this basement for some reason though. So she's not down here with me. She follows me everywhere. Normally. Um, she's the best, uh, I'll share a picture or something or she'll come on the pod next week or something like that. Awesome. Oh Yeah. absolutely. All right, let's get to
1: the Eagles and uh, this Eagles this team. Oh wow! Uh, don't, <laughs> what is this? Don't, with friends?
2: <laughs> okay. Share
1: this with Bo. This Pat. is really
2: funny because <laughs> I was going through old videos the other day and I found a clip of when Tim did the same thing. And Connor got <laughs> so mad because you know Connor had the rivalry with. Well,
0: Burst. I'm, I'm a nice that, guy, like, so I'm not going to get mad at Tim like Connor. There's I'm too no
1: nice reason. Of, there's like no reason for me to throw that team name in. Yeah. <laughs>
0: They played them in <laughs> like, the first preseason game. I'll give you it. Yes, all right. true. Maybe that's true. what it was. I, but it's so it's weird because to... I
2: watched this like last night. So. Like
0: bows in my head. Or you just have Chris Treveller on your mind and that you're you're all, you know, I
2: don't know. I can't
0: think of words. Anymore. I haven't slept much. <laughs>
2: <laughs> that's all what right. he does to you. Chris Treveller just makes your mind. Yeah, break. that's what I'm saying. Mind, yeah. You know?
1: <laughs> he does he does all right and and speaking of that that's a good transition let's get <laughs> yeah. into the uh let's get into the game first then we'll talk about the joint practices but the game the first half was just it was a bore I mean the Boo birds were out at Medlife Stadium but the second half was salvaged once again by Chris Traveler, eight for 11 119 touchdown he did throw an interception I'm willing really hey, we don't like talk that. about that yeah he also <laughs> ran for 33 yards on six carries um and you took your your post game notebook Zach and you basically made it a Chris Strebler story which was (laughs) fantastic the whole you you got into everybody else that flashed and the other stuff of the game but the whole big first chunk of this was about Strebler because you took the photo that we talked about on the show last time of him on the back during the Grey Cup parade with the with the fur coat and the cigar and the cowboy hat and you took it around the locker room and it seems like from reading the story and everybody should check it out on The Athletic everyone on this team loves this guy
0: yeah yeah it's funny like I feel like most of the people didn't even really know who he was even while he was like in the locker room the first couple weeks because he just like was not getting reps in practice um but yeah like Dan Feeney the offensive lineman who you know has a signature look himself he's the one that was like chugging beers at the Islanders game he's like yeah that that photo looks like how he plays is what he (laughs) how he described it um it's funny i so i wrote this like long story about the quarterback room the other day just like going deep into it and it got so long that i couldn't really fit much Strevler stuff in there which stunk because i had a nice chat with him and i had all this good stuff and then he goes out and has another heroic performance in a very important game um and so i was able to use a lot of stuff he told me about like you know like how, how at, i, I might have mentioned this last week i can't remember but like at that parade where he won the Grey cup like somebody threw him like a chain and he grabbed that and he put it on he was wearing jean shorts Fur coat, no shirt, cowboy hat. People were like throwing him beer, beer cans, and wine bottles. Um, and that's where he started his career. And he's had like this crazy. Like even in the CFL, he his his first. He started like the first game of his first year because one quarterback retired right before the season, another got injured right before the season, and then every opportunity he's had since then has been like guys getting hurt. Like in in Arizona, Kyler Murray got hurt late in the season, and and he played for him. And um, and he's just been on this like he's one of those like fun training camp guys where he you know it's it's hard not to talk yeah there's the photo it's 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 pretty amazing (laughs) um but yeah he's uh he's become like one of those preseason folk heroes is how I'm describing him and Jets fans are in love with him he's out playing Mike White honestly I mean he's going against backups but um you know he's making it so they're gonna have a hard time keeping him away whether that's on the practice squad or whatever but uh, it's a fun story and it, he's kind of become like a Chuck Norris S figure around around this fan base right now, where it's like he can do no wrong.
1: I will say that at halftime of this game when the Jets were down sixteen to three, I said, wait for the second half. gonna throw two You literally texted that. Passes. Yeah, it's they in our win group 17-16. text. 17-16. I have the text to prove it. Now the score was off and he only threw one touchdown pass, but <laughs> I'm taking credit for it anyway. Led um, two scoring drives. Yeah. Right. Led two scoring drives. And it's just fun to watch this guy. So I guess the question is, you said they're going to have a hard time, like, you know, getting rid of him at this point. Where does he land? Because, yes, he outplayed Mike White last night. Mike White was actually playing against the Falcons starters versus who Straveler played against in the second half. And Mike White was playing against the Falcons starters without the Jets starters. (laughs) It's Basically, a team around him of Jets backups. Um, So and and still wasn't terrible. 12 of 17, 90 yards an 83 rating he did get booed or the offense got booed I shouldn't say my the, these fans would not boo Mike White but they no, booed not. the <laughs> offense in the first half but that said you know with one more game to play and I know it sounds like Joe Flacco may play a little bit against the Giants how do you think this whole thing shakes out because I mean Strebler he just looks like a, a guy that can be a, a contributing third quarterback
0: yeah i mean at, at the very least he's making it clear that he deserves to be in the nfl um i still think they're high on mike white i don't think they would like yeah. give him mike white's job so unless zach wilson had to go on ir which in le- the only way that would happen is if there was a setback of some sort and then the roster spot would open up like i i imagine they'll try to get chris through to the practice squad he's a good extra arm to have you know maybe a team picks him up a team that need- has a bad backup quarterback situation you know he has experience in the nfl which you know is a positive. Um. So yeah, I, I think he he's he's shown to me that he at least deserves like a chance. I mean, for him to play the way he has, uh, after like je- basically just starting to practice with the team last week. He's been with the team, he knows the offense, you know, he's been diligent and all that stuff, but he literally got his first team reps this last week. Um and so he he's gone gone out there and run the offense. His teammates all love him. He brings some energy. Like he's, he's what you want in a backup quarterback. Like you don't want to I mean, maybe you do. Maybe you'll win a Super Bowl if Chris Traveler is your, your starting quarterback. He's like the next Nick Foles <laughs> for all I know. But um, You can win a like great I, cup. Yeah. I mean, at the very least, he's a good guy to have around, and I, I think they'll try and keep him on the practice squad would be my guess. Yeah, let's
1: hope he gets through to the pro- – Well, I, I don't know. This is always tricky too, right? If you're a fan, you like a guy. Um, let's hope he gets through to the practice squad so he's still on the Jets. But on the other hand, like if maybe somebody picks him up and him actually him, yeah. puts him on their roster, like good for him. Um, but I think no matter what, what he's shown in this preseason is certainly going to help him out one way or the other. Uh, he's going to be in some way come week one, he's going to still be putting a football uniform on. So that, that's safe to say, I think. Yeah, absolutely. I agree. Um, all right. Uh, I, we, we mentioned Mike White. Um, how did you assess his performance? Obviously, against, uh, we mentioned against the, the, top def, well the top defense for the falcons which isn't exactly a, a top caliber nfl defense <laughs> as much as they tried to drum it up during the espn broadcast on oh, monday night of how this team had a whole new like oh, persona and they were changing everything it's still a bad defense
0: <laughs> um so how did you sum up kind of how mike white looked yeah you know i we, we saw them in the joint practices too and i i definitely the jets like looked like a clearly better team i would say yeah uh, but in terms of Mike White, um, I, I think he he was fine. Like, I, I, he had a couple throws that were pretty inaccurate. You know, they didn't really really do much down the field. I, I think he – what did he have, like, 12 uh, completions? And he still had less than, like, 100 yards, I think, or something like that. Like um, So it was like – it was an efficient performance. It was better than last week when he struggled a bit. Um, I still think you want to see more from him. Like you said, though, he was going against – the Falcons played all but one of their starters, I think. Um, so – I don't know if they expect the Jets expected that or what. And he was go, he was behind an offensive line that had zero starters on the jet. Uh, the Jets had zero projected starters on their offensive line. And the receivers weren't playing besides Garrett Wilson and the tight ends weren't playing. And Brees Hall was the only running back that's going to play a lot that was playing. So all the factors, all things considered, he was he was totally fine. And, you know, perfectly what you what you hope to see. But I, I kind of want to see a little more of that of him uh, in, in this joint practice coming up and against the Giants, I would
1: say. Yeah, and you mentioned Brees Hall, and like the the running back numbers were awful. Also, probably because of the line that they were running behind, Brees Hall didn't didn't look great. But that was kind of to be expected when the the holes just weren't opening up there on the offensive line. Um, all right, couple of things to to get to as far as just more to get to as far as the game on Monday night. Um, one, Robert Sala has said the decision will be made pretty soon on cornerback Bryce Hall versus Sauce Gardner. Uh, it didn't go well for Bryce Hall on Monday night. And I didn't really hear Sauce Gardner's name, which just made me think, well, they're avoiding him. And Bryce Hall got burned a couple of times. So it seems pretty clear-cut at this point.
0: Yeah, that was like an air quotes uh, competition, I think, from the beginning. It was more (laughs) like to motivate Sauce Gardner. Um, He's pretty clearly been the better player. I don't think Bryce Hall's had a bad camp by any stretch, but you're kind of seeing why the Jets felt like they needed to invest in the secondary. Like Bryce Hall was their number one corner last year. This year, they're you can feel good about him being your top backup behind uh sauce and DJ Reed. Um, but yeah, I, I he, he had a rough, he had a rough game. If the, if the jets want to like try and get value for him in a trade at some point, I don't think he really helped himself. He he got burned pretty bad on Kyle Pitts, which is going to happen to a corner. Cause that he's a freak tight end. Um, he gave up a touchdown. There was a play where he, he was called for a hold, but he still gave up the catch. Like it was just a rough night all around. Even Salah said that. Um, and whenever a coach like admits that a player had a bad game, that's how, you know, it was especially bad. Um, so it was rough. I don't think he's like roster spots in jeopardy or anything, but it's pretty clear that Sauce is the starting player. I, one, one of the things Salah indicated is that um, when they go against the Giants next week and some of the players, the starters are playing, like who, whoever is out there first, I would say is a pretty safe bet, is going to start in week one. And I, I'd be surprised if Sauce Gardner wasn't the one starting opposite, DJ Reed. I think they interviewed
1: um, Pitts during the game in the second half, I think. And they talked about that catch. I think the term he used was he noticed that the cornerback was scared peddling oh, God. instead of
0: backpedaling, which yeah, somebody that mentioned does, that. Yeah. 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 It was uh, a <laughs> That's just, that's what I'm saying. It's, it's amazing how far their secondary has come. Like at this time last year, um, I, I mean, even just like from afar, looking at the jet steps, are like, this is a brutal secondary and all those guys now are backups. You look at Brandon Eckles, Javelin Goodry, Bryce Hall, um, yeah, the, all all pretty all the guys they they were starting last year are backups now. And like Lamarcus Joyner was out last year and he's back, and so their safety room is a little deeper. Ashton Davis probably Ashton Davis and Elijah Riley, sorry, Bo, um they were both playing a lot last year and now they're like fighting for scraps at the end of the roster now. So it it's the secondary is clearly more talented. You you want to see them all playing together uh in a game setting and see how they fit and stuff. But um I think if anything, last night showed that the fact that the opposing quarterback was avoiding a rookie corner to throw it at a guy who's been in the league for a few years. Uh, kind of mm-hmm. says a lot about, like, where that competition is. Yeah, yeah. And once, the, uh, once Ritter
1: got in for the Falcons, you knew he w- – although at that point, I think Sauce was kind of done. But, you know, he would avoid Sauce because he knows exactly Teammates, uh, yeah. how good he is from Cincinnati. And I know Sauce picked him off during, on Friday uh, during practice. Um, all right, a few other players who kind of flashed on Friday. Uh, Bradley – and I'm going to screw this up. Is it an A, an A 9. A
0: and, and I, you, I, I keep yeah. getting yeah. told to the actual one, and I keep forgetting it. And and I've like no, I've yeah. like been. I used to cover the Pac-12, and I knew him and he was at Utah and stuff like that. And I still just forget how to say his name. He, <laughs> he is
2: part of the same agency as Michael. So ah, there out. you go. So uh, shout you, out you know to what's Bradley off, yeah. and I. Yeah. I actually
0: covered well, Brad- Arizona when I actually covered Arizona when his uncle was the offensive line coach. Fun fact.
2: Oh, interesting. Yeah. Six degrees Fun, fun, of fun right fact. There. Yeah.
0: Yeah.
1: Well, Bradley and I had a moment on Monday night for sure. The sack, fumble recovery touchdown it's like the ultimate play for a defensive oh my God, player yeah. uh, and not just usually you see that happen like in the five yard line he scoops oh, it up like 50 runs it in i mean an yeah. awesome play uh late in the game for the jets and he made a nice play earlier in the game he got in a fight with the falcons in practice on friday <laughs> um i know it's an uphill battle but where does he stand as far as kind of this roster stands right now
0: Yeah. And one part that you left out about that play is that Robert Sala had to be like held back by an official because he was like running to celebrate on the field, (laughs) which would have been a penalty in a regular season game. So I'm sure he's going to remember that in the field. He needs one of those like hold back back coaches. Yeah. 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 Um, That was pretty. He he used to have
2: one, right? yeah i think
0: that somebody mentioned that yeah i'm not sure what the guy's name was i don't know where he was i think it's back in san francisco yeah maybe that's what it was okay yeah Yeah,
2: pretty sure before he got came to new york that that was like a topic when he was hired was like yeah who's gonna be his whole right right
0: yeah yeah because as you get salah is pretty passionate guy and you can tell how much he like loves his team and guys like bradley anay is that what you said Yep Anay see i already forgot bradley and i um yeah, he you know he's a guy that you know, after the game, Salah kept saying about how like he chose us, like because he left the Cowboys in the offseason and he signed with the Jets, even though they had a deep room at defensive end. Um, they really like how he's you know he's uh, he's going 100 miles an hour. He's like like you mentioned, he was getting into a fight with some Falcons players where I just saw him all of a sudden like just swinging at the sideline at a bunch of dudes and like both both they had to like stop the drills between the defense and the Falcons offense and the Falcons running back had to be held back and and and, and he was at the center of it and um yeah i don't know he's he, he has flash throughout camp but it's like such a tough spot to be in because they're so deep at defensive end i think they probably have we're doing this 53 man roster thing i think i wrote down that they have let's see one two three four five like six guys that are like i think are locked into roster spots at defensive end so that's already a lot of guys in that position and then he's competing with someone like jabari zunigo who's drafted in the third round a few years ago finney curry a veteran who's loved by everyone in the building so he, he's a guy that they probably are going to hope to sneak through the practice squad maybe or or maybe you try and trade Zinegan Curry and you, and you keep him um I think he's good enough to play on on a team as a rotational pass rusher so I don't know if they'll make it through the practice squad but he, he's someone who's held to his stock a lot in the last couple of weeks I would say
1: and we've talked about it before just the fact that we're talking about these guys who who look pretty good not making the roster says a yeah. lot about where this team is totally, uh Lawrence Cager yeah. The transition mm-hmm. to tight end and he he looked good three catches 65 yards the big touchdown uh from streveler as well they've loaded up a tight end during this off season obviously and through the draft so how about cager and you know i know we're gonna do the 53 man i feel like we're kind of cheating on that now by, yeah, yeah, by yeah. Me asking you where these guys stand but but specific guys like does cager have a shot to make this roster
0: yeah he's an interesting one you know he he made the transition to tight end this off season and he, he seems to make plays every practice. He's like got great size athleticism. He's a project. Whenever a guys move from wide receiver to tight end, they struggle with like the blocking side of things. And they already have three tight ends that are locked in. They drafted one and they signed two other guys. Um, so if they keep four tight ends, I think he's certainly in the mix. Um, I go back and forth about whether they will, will keep him on the 53. I think they might be able to sneak him through maybe, but like it, it, it just depends on how high they are. And he's one of those where like, once you get down to the, bottom of the roster it's like it's it's a little more difficult to you know that's that's where you're figuring out like these guys that can i get him through the practice squad can i keep him and is he gonna play at all or can he play special teams things like that and i he's really flashed i think the coaching staff really likes him um he's played a, enough in the preseason that other teams are getting film on him so if if they like what they see then he might not make it through but i, I think he's definitely a candidate to stick around i still lean towards him not making it but um I think he's really pushing for a spot right now. If he keeps this up, all right. One more guy from last night that made a play that kind of stood out to me: Jonathan Marshall
1: in the side, just the big guy, kind of did well against the run, had a big sack uh, second half. How has he looked overall to you?
0: Yeah, I, I think he's had a good camp. He's another one that's like fighting in that numbers crunch at the defensive line because they they have, I'd say, probably like three guys that are locked in at the defensive line. So he's competing with Nathan Shepard in particular, a guy who's maybe the longest tenured Jet which is crazy to think about because he's only been around like four years or something like that. Um, but I think he's outplayed him. Shepard was playing a lot last night, which doesn't really bode well for like a veteran guy that, you know, if a guy's a lock to make the team and he's a veteran, he's not going to play as much as he did. Um, Marshall got a sack. Uh, he's looked pretty good throughout camp. He, they like him as like a developing as a run stopper. Uh, you know, they, they need bodies on that defensive line. I think they, they worked out a veteran the other day. Um, so they clearly feel like they, you know, need some depth, at uh, defensive tackle and he, he's pushed the first spot and he's going to be another one of those guys where I lean towards him making it but it's going to come down to how many they, how many defensive linemen they want to keep and, and where you're going to pull from at other positions all right we're going to talk more about that 53 man roster also the joint
1: practices with the Falcons when the starters actually played against each other but first a quick break all right welcome back more to get to here with the Jets uh, looking back on the joint practices with the Falcons um, it's funny you think about People that just tune into the preseason games, Zach, and, and maybe watch the first half of the game last night, maybe step away thinking, oh, wow, the Falcons, okay, you know, Marcus Mariota looked decent. Maybe this team uh, is heading in the right direction. But anybody who watched the practices or paid attention to the practices leading up to this game saw a much different story. I think across the board, everything I read was pretty much, wow, the Jets were clearly the better most talented team what to you stood out that made you think that watching the joint practices last
0: week yeah you know I I focused on uh the defense on uh Friday um and but you could still like the the far field you could still see the offense going like a little bit too so you know I turn over and I'd see Brees Hall running for 75 yards and a touchdown or Joe Flacco completing a 50-yard pass to Elijah Moore then where I'm watching like I you know I, I don't see Marcus Mariota completing very many passes I think what I calculated, I had him at like seven to 15 in team drills for the day. Um, They were pressuring, they were rushing the passer really well. Like I I just thought the defense won versus the Falcons offense. And it seemed like the jets offense was winning versus the Falcons defense. And I, you know, I I don't think a lot should be made of it, but I think it's definitely progress considering this Jets team just lost to the Falcons last season. And the fact that you can like definitively say they're better than another team, uh, unfortunately is progress around here. So it's definitely like a positive thing. I, I, I imagine we're going to feel the same way uh, when they go against the Giants on Thursday because as we've talked about on here, I, just, I, I think that's one of the three worst rosters in the NFL. So um, I, I, I would hope they go out and dominate however many team drills they do on Thursday. Um, but yeah, I, I was definitely encouraged. Um, they, they, you know, they played up to the moment. They, for, Saturday was a little more of a light practice, so I tried to focus more a little on Friday. And I, I just think uh, they're a better team than the Falcons, which isn't necessarily saying much, but calling the Jets a better team than somebody is a positive thing.
1: So overall, when you look at this preseason, you know, they go up against the Eagles joint practices with the Falcons going against the Falcons, then the Giants a year ago, they spent time with the Packers and then played the Packers, which is a very big difference. Do you think they would have been better off at some
0: point along the way in this preseason playing against a better team? It, it's, it's hard to say just because you know with the, some of these teams will play all their starters and some of them will bench all of them and, yeah. Um, and so it's just so hard to plan. I I I wonder if I mean they won't because TV money and all that stuff, but like I think teams would be way happier if they just did joint practices and no preseason games. I think that would make everybody happy, honestly. I'm sure pl- players, teams, like all that's I mean you, you like the having to like prepare for the game day thing and all that stuff, but I just think they get way more out of these joint practices and stuff. That's why you're seeing so many teams like just not play their their starters once they get to the games, but um I don't know. It it's I go back and forth, but Yeah, I mean, it would have been interesting to see them go like last year. I I covered the Giants last year. They did joint practices with the Browns and the Patriots. um, And I was there for both of them in Cleveland and uh, New England. And both of those teams just were like so clearly better than the Giants. So ultimately, I think that would have been good practice for them if the Giants didn't like just, you know, have a disaster of a season and everything that happened and Jones getting hurt and all that stuff. But um, so like joint practices against a good team would have been good for this team. But at the same time, you know, they're still, you know, slowly on the upper trend and, Going against a couple teams that you're better than maybe that'll boost their confidence going into week one when they're going to go against a ravens team that's better than them and a browns team that's more talented than them probably yeah
1: they're certainly going to get that competition pretty quickly um robert salad we mentioned it towards the top he said that sunday against the giants will be a dress rehearsal which sounds like the starters are going to play um i don't know how much obviously we'll figure that out but it goes against what a lot of coaches do in that final game where nobody plays but a lot of coaches don't play right like tom brady's not going to play this entire preseason so they're Brady that just started well. practicing yeah <laughs> <laughs> just um what do you think of the decision to to put those especially when you think zach wilson already got hurt this this summer what do you think of the decision to uh get some good reps for the starters in the final preseason game
0: i mean obviously there's a risk as you saw with zach wilson getting hurt and and things like that but I, I i think it makes sense especially because the way the schedule is now with there only being three preseason games and then you have that like week in between um i think it does make a little more sense because so they're, they're gonna go out they're gonna play a series or two or whatever it is um then they have a week to not unwind but you know take a breath from that and like they know how the operation ones what they need to work on and and then this there's a season comes around on september 11th and you know you hope zach wilson is back by then i as we've said i don't i'm not very confident he will be um, they need to get and Joe Flacco hasn't gotten game reps with this with this group yet um, so that's gonna be important and the offensive line has not really practiced at all together if you factor in Dwayne Brown and so they, they have four out of five offensive linemen playing either new positions or it's a new person from last year Dwayne Brown hasn't done team drills yet so they have like a lot of things they need to figure out you hope Dwayne Brown is ready to go by by next Sunday because I think him in particular will be important to get him out there him and Joe Flacco I would say are the main ones just getting like the whole group, like with the starting offense, like getting the running backs, getting to run behind that offensive line and, you know, getting these receivers with Joe Flacco in a game setting and and the defense all getting on the field together because there's been a lot of banged up guys. So I, I'm curious to see, like, you know, is Carl Lawson going to play is, you know, uh, DJ Reed, like all these guys that have been banged up. I wonder if they play. But I, I think it makes sense to do it this way, especially because of that week off they have in between, I would say. We actually haven't we
1: haven't mentioned Joe Flacco on this episode. Mm-hmm. He's continued to play well, obviously. Um, you did do the quarterback room story um, last week, which people should check out on The Athletic. Uh, dollar a month for up to six months, theathletic.com slash can't wait uh, to get that subscription in. Uh, the thing that, I mean, the story was really good because you learned a little about all these guys, but maybe something that stood out to me because I remember when they originally brought Joe Flacco in, one of the things was like, he said, I, you know, I don't want to be that guy yeah. that just, like, coaches up the young guy. I don't want to be that guy. Um, but it seems like reading that story and, and just seeing quotes from Joe Flacco, I don't want to say he's begrudgingly just become that, but I just think being 37 years old and a guy who's seen it all in this league, he almost can't help but be that guy because just through normal conversation and talking to
0: teammates, I think you just kind of become that, right? Yeah, I, he's... I mean, there, there's a lot of, that. he's he's a guy that everybody, you know, Elijah Moore had a funny quote where he's like, you know, we're all born after 2000. So Joe Flacco is <laughs> like a legend to us. And we're like, Oh, that's Joe Flacco on the field. Like, and I'm, I, I even included this here. It's not like he was like a star even in his prime. Like he was just a name that everybody knew kind of thing. Um, but you know, he, so he's a name. He's been around the league for a while. He's 37. He's kind of the father, fi- un, unwitting father figure of the locker room. You know, he says, like, I don't feel like I'm old. I feel like I'm 25, even though he's 37. Um, But I think the combination of his experience and his approachability—I think his personality has really endeared himself to this locker room. So I think that's that's why you have him just kind of naturally becoming a leader of this team, even if he didn't really come here with the plan of being that. And and it's also why it it just seems like everybody in the locker room loves him. Like everybody I've talked to, like it, you maybe you wouldn't expect that because you see all those quotes. Like when he was in Baltimore, it was the same thing. Like he said he didn't want to he didn't want to mentor Lamar Jackson he was he was like willing to answer any questions he had and stuff like that and as he's gotten older it seems like more people are just going to him to talk to him about things and cj uzama like told me in the locker room last week that you know he the day before he had just sat down and talked with joe Flacco for like 45 minutes and and uh, he has all these stories about playing with ray lewis and ed reed so it's like a grandpa sitting down and you know telling about the old days um but he's their starting quarterback so or at least for week one most likely but yeah i i think it it's not quite what I expected, honestly, when I started covering the Jets, that Joe Flacco would be such like, a prominent figure in this organization. Um, it's obvious to me now why they brought him back. I, everybody is, you know, maybe they, they are not going to win a lot of games if he's starting a lot, but I, they really do believe that they, things are going to run smoothly with him when he's in there. And to, to have a 37-year-old quarterback where you still trust in that way, it's, it's interesting, and we'll see how that works. But um, yeah, this locker room loves him, that's for sure. Yeah, and that quarterback room is tight. They have a text thread that went through the offseason, even though
1: they weren't all under contract. Um, yeah, definitely check out that. Sorry. All right, let's look at this fifty-three man roster. How do you want to do this, Zach? You want me to just throw out positions and you kind of break it down, or?
0: Yeah, I was thinking we go. So what? I, what I did was I um, just to give you like an overview. I like went through each position. And I put down the guys that I think are for sure going to make it, and then you know there's some who are fighting. I, I calculated forty-seven guys or forty-six guys that I think are for sure making the team. So that leaves like seven spots. Up for grabs so we can go through his position some of them you know we can linger on longer than the others because yeah. we've talked about a bunch of this already but yeah we can go position by position i would say start on offense
1: all right let's start on the offense and we already talked about this so we can probably exactly, be a yeah. quarterback
0: yeah i mean wilson flacco white um and then you try and sneak straveler onto the practice squad teams don't keep four quarterbacks some used to but um, unless he's like a guy they drafted I, I he's not making the team so yeah we don't need keeping
2: three is own. even a lot
0: yeah it, it really is yeah. especially with the I practice mean, squad rules. Right. Um, but but I f- I think they feel they, it's what the Eagles used to do back in the days. They would like have a young guy to develop. You know, Donovan McNabb would get hurt. The guy would go in, look okay for a couple starts, and they'd you know trade that guy for a draft pick. So I think Joe Douglas maybe learned a little bit when he was in Philly and when he was in Baltimore, where he's like, you know, Mike White is the kind of guy that's going to develop there, and he's he's shown some flashes. And so when a team is desperate for a quarterback at some point, he can swing him for a draft pick.
1: Yeah.
0: Too bad they couldn't trade him
1: after the 400 yards yeah <laughs> right away yeah when his value is at its highest yeah uh running back is a little more interesting obviously we know who the starters are but but the they're deeper than they've been
0: yeah and they're it's another position where they're going to cut like some nfl running backs kind of thing i mean Brees hall and michael carter are for sure going to be there I, I think tevin coleman probably makes it he's a veteran that, that i think they like and trust um zonovan knight the undrafted rookie has really been pushing for a spot like i I'm not confident enough to say he'll make it just yet. He did have a nice return. The fact that he helps on special teams helps. Um, there's Ty Johnson, who I know is an important figure on this podcast. Um, <laughs> yes, I, he is. <laughs> I, I, th- I think the coaching staff likes him. I, I'm not, I don't necessarily think he'll make it. They have a fullback named Nick Bowden, but I think it'll come down to him or a fourth tight end. I lean more towards the tight end right now. Um, well, Michael Pirine is probably not going to stick around. So ultimately it ultimately comes down to do they want to keep four running backs, five running backs, or do they want to keep an extra tight end? Um, so I think Zonovan Knight's pushing for a spot. Ty Johnson is, is there. He's a good pass catcher and all that stuff. So I, that, that's an interesting one. I'm keeping an eye on for sure. So you think Knight is number four or? Yeah, if, is, yeah if if they Knight keep four, Knight. I would say Knight right now. Yeah. Okay. Uh, wide receiver. This is the Denzel Mims conversation. Mm. Yes. So I, I I have five guys who are, I think, pretty clearly going to make it. That's Corey Davis, Elijah Moore, Garrett Wilson, Braxton Barrios, and Jeff Smith, who I think the coaching staff really likes and can contribute on special teams then you have the Denzel Mims question um he got his first reps on special teams last night he was a gunner on punt return unit or the punt coverage unit he was on the return units he got called for a block in the back it was like I said it's the Denzel Mims roller coaster you know he had a a good catch yet he was the one targeted on the interception that Straveler threw and Straveler can do no wrong so obviously it's not his fault Um, (laughs) (laughs) um but yeah you know I Mims again I think I've said this I don't know if they would just straight-up cut him. I feel like they're probably going to try and trade him. I would think they would be able to find him a spot somewhere, though teams might know that he's they don't want him. So it's ultimately, if they decide, like, can we get him on waivers or not kind of thing. Um, if, they, if they keep six and they get rid of Mims, I think the guys that are fighting for that last spot are Irv Charles and Calvin Jackson. They both have pretty good camps, made some plays in the preseason games. But yeah, as of right now, I'd say the six receivers with Mims making it, but you know a possibility that he gets traded for sure. He's never done the special teams thing before. How much does that help? The fact that he's at least least trying. Well, he's trying to do it, but it's such a work in progress that, like, I don't know. Like, you would ultimately be inactive in week one on if they kept him. I think so. So, do you want to keep Denzel Mims inactive for you know the first half of the season, or do you just want to cut him and cut your losses now? Like, it it's going to be a very fascinating decision. I'm I'm sure they're shopping him around the league right now. I would guess. All right, tackle. I'm sorry, tight end. Tight end, yeah, Tyler Conklin, C.J. Uzama, Jeremy Ruckert, the kid they drafted, they're in. And then the last spot will come down to it. Trayvon Wesco, who's gotten a lot of reps. He had a rough game yesterday, had a couple penalties. Um, he's gotten a bunch of reps with the first team throughout camp. But Lawrence Cager has stood out more. And he's not a good of a blocker. Like, I, I lean towards Wesco making it right now. But Cager, like I said, if he keeps up how he's been playing, like they're going to have a hard time keeping him off the roster.
1: Uh, for the offensive line, do you want to do, do you want to go position by position or do you just want to talk about the
0: whole? I can, yeah, I can, just, I can just do it as a whole because I, yeah. I mean, they have the five starters Dwayne Brown, George Fant, Elijah Vera Tucker, Lakin Thompson, Connor McGovern. Um, I have three backups who I think are pretty secure in Max Mitchell, the rookie, Nate Herbig, the guard they claimed off waivers from of the Eagles, and uh, Dan Feeney, um, who di- Feeney's only safe because of his contract. He, they like gave him a weird, weirdly like large amount of money. And then if they get rid of him, they like lose a couple mils. So he's safe. And then I think, the last spot, which would be the ninth offensive lineman, will come down to Chuma or uh, Connor McDermott, who's still hurt. Like maybe they do something where they Co- McDermott makes the initial roster and they put him on IR and, right. and then they kind of thing. Yeah. But I, I think it's going to come down to veterans do game.
2: not yeah. go through waivers, so they could.
0: That's they, true. Yeah.
2: Yeah. So they could cut a guy, bring and him back bring the next back. day. That's yeah. A good point. Yeah. There's That's some there's point. some roster gymnastics that those GMs yeah that
0: for sure will happen. Yeah. But like yeah. we said, they've they like like Chuma and McDermott have both like experienced as starters and the Jets are in position to like cut those guys. Like those guys were pretty important figures a year ago, you know? So, I, I, yeah, so I think it comes down to those two. I don't think they would keep both of them. I don't think they need that many tackles. But, um, yeah, that's going to be another interesting one, especially because McDermott's still out with his ankle injury. So, mm-hmm. All right,
1: let's switch over to the other side of the ball uh, on the defense. We'll start on the line. Same thing, or do you want to do interior first?
0: Uh, yeah, I'll do defensive end first. Because that, okay. that one fascinates me. Um, so Jonathan Franklin Myers, Carl Lawson, Jermaine Johnson, Michael Clemens, Jacob Martin, and Bryce Huff are the six that I mentioned earlier that are, I think, pretty locked in. Martin and Huff maybe started camp on the bubble, but they've both been really good. Huff's a little banged up. He hurt his oblique recently. I'm not sure. How se- you never know how serious things are with this team. Um, they'll say, like, oh, it's not that bad, and then they're out for, like, two weeks or whatever. So um, we'll see what happens there. But uh, the, the other three are the ones we talked about this a little bit earlier. Jabari of Vinny Curry, Bradley a knee a- Anai eye Anai I an I a- I got it A I I'm yep. gonna remember it at some point um like
2: Bill Nye
0: B- okay that's a good way to remember it Bradley, Bradley Nye. and I, the science guy got it
2: yeah <laughs> there you
0: <we> go <laughs> <laughs> um yeah you know I I think Zuniga is a guy that maybe they try and trade um he's had a good camp he's got a lot of sacks I don't know if there's really a place for him in this rotation Benny Curry's a veteran he keeps getting banged up which is tough and he's he's a vested veteran, so they could, in theory, cut him and then just bring him back. I don't think he necessarily would uh, go anywhere. I think he likes being here, so maybe that's kind of the roster gymnastic they do. And and you try and get uh, an eye into the into the practice squad. All right, and the tackles, tackles, um, Quinn and Williams, Sheldon Rankin, Salma Thomas are secure, I think. And then you have Jonathan Marshall, Nathan Shepard, and Tangel Smart who's had a good camp, kind of fighting for that spot. I, I lean towards. Marsh, if they keep four defensive tackles, I think Marshall is the leader. Shepard has experience, but like I mentioned, he just has not really stood out in camp. Um and he's been here a while and he hasn't really developed. So I I I think Marshall makes it, especially because he's a the guy they just drafted last year. Uh linebacker. Linebackers an interesting one. Um, especially once they sign Quan Alexander, because they have a couple of young guys there. Um CJ Mosley, Quincy Williams, Quan Alexander, and Jamie and Sherwood the Florham Park Strangler uh are the locks I would say um or close to it at least with Sherwood uh Hamza Nazir Oladine I don't know if I'm saying that right it's a complicated name I, he's one that I, I you know maybe they can sneak him through the practice squad he was on track to like be a starter or like the third starter they don't really play three linebackers that much before they signed Quan um I lean towards him maybe not making it but he's like one of those tough roster crunch guys and you know, he'd be competing with someone like Delshawn Phillips and Marcel Harris. Uh, Harris is hurt, I think. But um. so, yeah, I don't, I don't know how many linebackers they want to keep or if they want to go heavy on the defensive backs over linebacker. Um. But I'd say four for sure staying and maybe they keep five.
1: All right. At cornerback, obviously, this is a spot where you're going to have to say goodbye to some guys that were part of this team a year ago, right?
0: Yeah, for sure. This, this, there's a few, like, interesting things. So Sauce Gardner, uh, DJ Reed, Bryce Hall, Michael Carter II, I think, are the ones that are safe. Um, Javelin Goodry and Brandon Eccles. Goodry was the nickel corner, or at least he got some of the snaps in the corner last year, and Eccles was starting on the outside. Um, neither of them have really stood out in camp. Eccles was banged up a bit. I think they both might still make it just for depth, but the 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 complicated one they have is Justin Hardy, who's not really a corner. He's more of like a special teams exclusive guy. Mm. If they cut him, they save two million dollars. Um, they only have like five million after signing Dwayne Brown. It's because it's, it's, Blaine Boyer, uh, not Blaine Boyer, Brant Boyer, their special teams coach, like went to bat for Hardy the other day. He, like called him a Pro Bowl caliber guy, like one of the elite guys in the league and clearly like trying to make a case, like don't get rid of my guy kind of thing. But like they're at a stage now where like, can they afford to keep a guy that can only play on special teams as opposed to helping a corner? So he he's going to be a very interesting decision for them. Um, and if they kept him, they might wind up keeping seven or six corners, which is a lot. And then you have to pull from, another position and they're already keeping a lot of defensive linemen so like are you going light on offense it's it's that's gonna be a fascinating one I remember when they signed Hardy and they made a big deal of the fact that like they were actually
1: paying attention to special teams right I thought franchise that had been bad on special teams for a (laughs) long time um Boyer finally like convinced the team to basically like bring in a guy that can specialize there because you know a lot of good teams have that guy um it'll be interesting to see if they keep that philosophy this year all right and then back at safety
0: Yeah, safety. I think the locks are just Jordan Whitehead, Lamarcus Joyner, and Jason Pinnock, who has had a really good camp, and I think they envision him as like a long-term starter. And then so, then whether they keep four safeties comes down to how many corners they'll keep, probably. But out of the guys that are competing for that fourth spot are Ashton Davis, uh, third-round pick a couple years ago, who has not stood out in any way in camp. Uh, Will Parks, who has made a lot of big plays, some big hits, some interceptions, Um, and then Elijah Riley, who had a good uh, pass breakup. during the, uh, one of the joint practices with the Falcons. Um, he played pretty decently when they, uh, you know, he had to play a pretty big role down the stretch last year. I think I, I, lean, I think Parks has had the best camp. I wonder if they're willing to get, cut ties with Davis yet. And in my, in my gut tells me they only keep three safeties, but because um, I don't think any of those three guys are like guys that you feel like you need to keep on the roster, but. Um, I mean, Bo would disagree on Elijah Riley, I guess, but <laughs> definitely, definitely. <laughs> um, yeah, that's kind of where I'm at at safety. Like you feel really good about those three, especially if joiners healthy. I'm not so sure about who the fourth is.
1: Yeah. Davis will be interesting. Cause that, we always talk about that
0: 2020 draft class. Um, and finally special teams overall. Yeah. I mean the punter and the long snapper locked in main and Hennessy kicker. It's Greg Zerline and Eddie Pinheiro. It's been back and forth. Uh, Greg Zerline was the only one to kick a field goal on monday night he made it from 44 pinero made both his extra points Zerline just is the more proven guy got great nicknames greg the leg and legatron (laughs) uh he's been around a while um i lean towards him uh yeah if if i'm putting money on i would say Zerline is our kicker in week one but that's another thing where you know a bunch of guys are going to get cut around the league if there's a good kicker on there maybe they just go and snag a good kicker from the free agents i I don't know it's that's another factor like when we do the 53 man rosters It should be called, like, the initial 53 because there's going to be some waiver claims. Not all these guys who make it initially are going to make it, you know, once the season starts kind of thing. Um, So I'll be interested to see how active Joe Douglas is on the waiver wire.
1: Someday, someday with this New York Jets team, we're going to enter training camp, and we're going to be able to say, like, that's the kicker and not, like, (laughs) wait till the final preseason game or when waivers, see who clears, wave, all this stuff. Like, someday that'll happen. I,
0: I counted. I think they've had like I think 13 kickers since Jason Myers left, I believe his last season was 2018. So since 2019 wow. between pre preseason and the regular season, they've had 13 different kickers that have like tried out or had a shot at the job, which is absolutely insane. Joe Douglas yeah, is just going to draft a kicker in like the fourth round. So <laughs> yeah, like, you know what? I'm You're I'm gonna... done. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. <laughs>
1: uh, all right. That I think that's that sums it up for the fifty three man roster. We'll keep this tape. We'll see how you did. Obviously, one more, uh one more game. So a lot of things can definitely shift over the next couple of weeks before that final roster is set. Uh, we said we were gonna take some questions. Marissa, have we gotten any?
2: So I thought this was an interesting one and you kind of touched on it. This one's from Harlan. If the offensive line doesn't practice together, how do you expect them to do well once the season starts? And kind of going along with this, Taylor said the offensive line not practicing together gives me 2019 vibes, which is frightening.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's definitely a fair concern. Um, You have Dwayne Brown at left tackle has not played a snap with anybody here. Lakin Tomlinson's a new guy left guard. Elijah Vera Tucker played left guard last year playing right guard. George Fant was just getting into a groove of left tackle and they move him back to right tackle. Connor McGovern's kind of the only mainstay. So there's a lot of questions. I think on paper, that's a good offensive line. Five like solid players, maybe not any stars. Maybe AVT can be a star one day, but I'm, I'm definitely concerned about how it's going to look to start the season. So maybe that's why they're okay with Zach Wilson maybe missing a, a week or two, get the offensive line in the groove. And then when he gets out there, then you're not as scared about him getting hurt again. Um, but it's not like Joe Flacco can move around either. So it's uh right. I'm yeah. concerned, especially going against the Ravens and Browns. Browns have Miles Garrett and Janavian Clowney, like that's a problem. Yeah, yeah. I'd be worried about the thirty seven year old for sure. Yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> um okay, so speaking of Zach Wilson, this question is from Brendan, um, our friend in Ireland, I believe. Hey, hey, Zach. And he did apologize for spelling your name wrong. I (laughs) I appreciate it. (laughs) Hey Zach, based off what you've seen over training camp, what are your thoughts on Wilson now that you've seen other quarterbacks in action? Have they shown anything he hasn't yet? Thanks.
0: So it's it's funny. I kept saying anytime I was getting interviewed about Zach, like I'm reserving judgment until I see him in the preseason games and in the joint practices. And then he goes and has a bad first drive and (laughs) then gets hurt. And now I haven't been able to, so, it's like hard for me to value because I thought he looked good, but again I keep going back to the fact that it was in practice where he can't get hit. Um, not all the days were in pads; like uh, didn't have all of us on offensive line. Like it, I'm I'm concerned going into the year because I think he's still raw. He still needs reps with all these guys. Um, he had a rough rookie season. Though I don't know I think it was necessarily all his fault. I, I think the talent is clearly there. I would say I, whether he puts it together, I still have questions about. And I'm worried about him missing all this time and then having to get thrown out there in week two or week three. And then, you know, then he's going through his growing pains during the season as opposed to during training camp. So, and they have a hard schedule to start the season. So it's, I'm concerned, I would say. But I I think his talent is definitely there. I think his ceiling is way higher than anybody else they have at quarterback, but I'm concerned.
2: Interesting. Okay, last question, and this one comes from me because uh, (laughs) you're going to see your old friends this week. So what are you looking forward to the most about a, the oh, jets man. going up against the giants
0: um um everyone's you know, it, everyone's
2: favorite you know comparison so like jets fans are listening closely. yeah yeah yeah, so. yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> i mean as i've said i'm not just you know sucking up to the fan base like, i think giants are going to be absolute dog shit this year honestly wow <laughs> <laughs> i i just i sometimes i hear like national reporters because they're all excited about brian dable and uh joe shane um and so they're like, you know, watch out for the giants, uh, Brian Dable, coach of the year. I'm like, have, have you looked at that team's roster? It's so bad. <laughs> um, so I, I'm, it's going to be weird being back there. Cause I, like, I just started this job like a few weeks ago and I'm going back to my old one kind of already, Right. which is, which is, it's going to be very strange like being among like the jets writers and the giants writers and stuff like that. But I, I did enjoy covering that team. The fan base is, is, is unique. Like the jets fans are, um, I'm, I'm working on a story about this actually. Uh, the last time these two teams had a joint practice, there was like crazy brawls. It was 2005. Jeremy Shockey, like, fought two guys at once. Like, there were nonstop brawls throughout the day. Like, everybody that was there calls it like one of the craziest practices they've ever been to. So, I mean, it'd be entertaining if, you know, I saw that again this week. I don't think <laughs> it'll happen. And I'm sure both teams are hoping it doesn't. But, um, so there is animosity between these two franchises for sure. Uh, maybe it's not as bad as it used to be, but yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to it for sure. And yeah, does I think Daniel diff- Job.
2: Does Daniel Jones get keep the starting job, or is is this Tyrod Taylor thing uh, a real a real deal over there?
0: I don't know. I mean, (laughs) they're they're gonna. I feel like they're gonna give Daniel Jones some time to mess up, I guess. But
2: Mm
0: -hmm. I don't know. Like I said, his supporting cast is not very good, in my opinion. So I don't know. It's the the Jets. If the Jets don't dominate the Giants this weekend, I'll be a little concerned.
2: (laughs) Interesting. Okay.
1: He's in that tough spot where it's like, you know, we, we've seen it with the Jets with Sam. Um, if you get the quarterback and don't put anything around him, right? He y- can't succeed. It's impossible. Right. So, by the way, by the way, I, I did. Maybe I, 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 I saw.
0: A, I saw a comment in there of someone accusing me of being high. I, I just wanted to say, I just I slept for like three hours last night. I was wor- up working all night. I haven't slept a lot lately. That's why my eyes are almost closed. I'm trying my best. Okay. <laughs> You're doing great. You're doing great. <laughs> all right. That's gonna
2: haters. do
1: it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. People love to uh, hate. It's a it's a sign of the show's <laughs> popularity that we get yes, the haters go. in there a little bit. Um, that's going to do it for this episode of the Can't Wait podcast. Uh, thank you for checking us out, whether you're doing it, watching it on YouTube or on Apple, Spotify, wherever you get it. If you haven't yet, subscribe on all those different places and tell other people to do it as well. We'll be, uh, again, until the season starts, we'll come, be coming at you once a week. Uh, and then once we are underway with the 2022 season, Will be twice a week. Uh, so we'll check in again next week after that Giants game, after the joint practices, um, to take a look again at this roster and how it shapes up heading into week one. Uh, for Zach Rosenblatt and Marissa Dunn, I am Tim McMaster. Thanks for joining us.